that sounds actually the sound that my wife heard on August 16th, 2016. Um, that day started off really quite normal. Uh, we got up in the morning and we were headed to the courthouse to do a talk or a seminar to 52 probation officers about my profession. And my wife likes to go so that she can edit me in the crowd and uh, keep me going and stuff. And I think she's out there somewhere as well. Let me know. There she is. <laughs> uh, so she went along for the ride, and we both took off to the courthouse. And unfortunately, we got into this wicked brawl on the way there, which is funny because we are in two separate cars. So somehow we got on the phone and started arguing. And by the time I got to the courthouse, uh, she actually, uh, we met at the front door, and I could visibly see how angry she was. So uh, I leaned in and I said, honey, I'm sorry. I love you. Can we please go in here and, uh, and not be mad at each other? And Aaron turned and looked at me and said, absolutely nothing. And so I was hit with the silence bomb. Uh, and guys, you know what it's like to be in, I was in big trouble. Um, so we went in anyways, and about a half an hour into it, I started to feel a little bit dizzy, and I had a super rush of blood to my head. So I leaned, I found a table that was behind me, and I leaned into that table, and I said, gosh, I'm getting dizzy. My wife always thinks I'm having a heart attack, and I hit the ground. My wife actually caught my head just before I hit the ground, thank God, uh, and started the CPR on me, uh, which by then I'd already swallowed my tongue, my eyes had rolled back, and she literally witnessed me take the last breaths of my life um, as she was doing CPR. None of that seemed to work, so the good thing is, is that the guards were alerted, and they came running in and uh, brought their AED machine. At that point, they kicked Aaron out, where she went out and started making deals with God, um, on my behalf, uh, she was willing to even change my diapers if that was what it took. <laughs> um, so, and I'm glad that's not what it took. Uh, <laughs> so the guards zapped me back to life the first time, and unfortunately, I died again right there in front of them. So they zapped me back to life again. And, and that time, I actually remember. Um, and so my experience with death was it was dark and cold. <laughs> which I don't know if that's heaven, but it doesn't sound like it. Uh, so, but what I really saw was a little tiny light from very far away, and it kind of opened up until, fully opened up until, uh, in, which gave me life. And so uh, at that point, they sort of subdued me and packed me all up and took me to the ER uh, where I met Aaron there. And at the ER, I still wasn't quite sure if I was living or in heaven or where I was at. I, I kept thinking that people were disappearing and things, so I kept looking at them and blinking my eyes a lot and rubbing them. Um, and I look over, and Aaron's sitting there, and she's smiling at me. And at that point, I knew, oh, you're alive. <laughs> this is a good place to be. So um, I was able to relax, and I sort of uh, fell asleep at that point. And I rewoke in our hospital room, our, my hospital room. Um, and when I did, I happened to notice that Aaron was sitting next to me. So I, I woke up and I looked over and there she is. She's kind of slumped over in a chair. Her eyes were big and puffy like she'd been crying all night, um, all day, because she had. And uh, there was Kleenex all around her purse and whatnot. 
So this was my moment. You know, she didn't know I was awake yet. This was the time that I could actually say something to still strengthen her, let her know everything was going to be okay, be her knight in shining armor, right? So my big moment, I re- lean over and I say, aren't you glad I didn't die? You never apologized. <laughs> and then I followed that up with something stupid, and I said, I didn't even mean it, but I at least said it. <laughs> Uh, about that time, the uh, doctor came in and he gave me my diagnosis. It was heart failure due to cardiomyopathy. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. If there's any doctors in here, correct me. Um, it's, it needs to, it's a distinct, it's, there's a big, huge distinction between heart failure and heart attack. I did not have a heart attack. In fact, my heart was picture perfect, healthy. Um, I was picture perfect, healthy. I was a bodybuilder. Um, it worked out every single day. I helped other people work out every day. Uh, we actually owned a nutrition store where we helped other people, uh, uh, with their nutrition. So it was really weird to me that I would have heart failure. And what it turns out to be is that I actually was overstressed and I was working a hundred hours a week. I had the kids as football and, and events that they had. Um, and so uh, combined with you know, a wife that's always mad at me, those kind of things. Um, <laughs> uh, we, uh, it, it caused me to have heart failure. So the doctor tells me, <laughs> the doctor tells me that I actually am uh, part of the two percenters uh, that actually survived that event, um, which now my wife calls me two uh, percent. Uh, <laughs> it's not because I'm strong like milk. It's because I'm lucky. Um, so 2% of the people survived that event. And he also told me that I needed to take it easy for the next six months because only 50% of those people survived the next six months. And then even more important, 50% of those people die within the first five years. So it was pretty clear to me at that point that I was probably not going to see past five years, but I was happy for the five years. Mind you, I thought five years was a long time at that point. And now we're on year three. And so I've, I immediately started doing, asking myself, what am I going to do with my five years? Um, I thought of, you know, the things I wanted to do, the people I wanted to see, uh, the things I wanted to buy, maybe some people I wanted to tell off. <laughs> um, so what I did first is I went back to work. Two weeks after I died, I went back to work because I needed some cash because I was going to buy some stuff. Um, the first thing I did was went out and bought an old man car, um, the car I've always wanted, but, I'm, you know, you see the old man driving in it. Um, there it is. Um, I bought that car for myself, but I couldn't even drive it because I wasn't allowed to drive for three whole months. So I had to have my family members come pick me up in it and take me to work so that I could drive my car <laughs> in the passenger seat. Um, and then I went out and bought a stereo system for that car and my other car. And and I say stereo system, like when we were young stereo systems, like the eighties with the bumping music and the, and way too loud. And I'm actually going deaf, but I don't really care because I'm dying. Right. Uh, (laughs) So 
Uh, and then I bought a whole bunch of arcade games. If I was going to lay around the house for six months, I was definitely going to be playing some arcade games. So I bought the Donkey Kong and the Pac-Man and uh, Big Buck Hunter and all that. Uh, and we've all had, all of my friends have come over and we have a great time down there. Um, but then it was time to do some things. And luckily for me, my daughter, she's very thoughtful and she bought me a paint set for my birthday. And I grabbed that. I mean, this thing is brinky dink, right? I mean, admit, I don't want to offend anybody, but it was basic. Uh, <laughs> but I was cool with it. Like, <laughs> I was ready for this. And, and so I got on YouTube and I started YouTubing how to paint. And uh, pretty soon I started to get pretty good at it. And so uh, within a year, I'd had three shows and sold a bunch of artwork and put some artwork on a lot of people's uh, walls and I gave a bunch of money away to uh, to various charities f uh, with the art that I sold and I even had some art put in a movie that was produced here in Greeley. Um, speaking of which, that was another thing I wanted to do. I wanted to always, probably like a lot of us, wanted to be in the movies. Um, I've never done any acting or anything like that and in fact this right now is super out of my comfort zone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's and, and my memory is totaled, so I can't remember my lines. So uh, the next best thing was to invest in a movie. So I went to Aaron and I said, "Honey, this guy asked me to invest in this movie, and it's called The Ark and the Aardvark, and it's from the point of view of the animals on Noah's Ark. What a cool concept!" And Miles Teller is the actor and the and the director. I don't know his name, but he's the same guy that did. Uh, uh, Kung Fu Panda. So it's going to be super successful. And she said, oh, hell no. <laughs> so it comes out in 2021, and you'll see my name in the <laughs> credits. <Yes>. <laughs> because I'm dying. I do not care. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, speaking of which, I also wanted to write a book. So I wanted to leave something for my kids to read about me. And so aside from my memoirs, which nobody would care about uh, because who's this guy, um, I also wrote a book called Ditches to Riches. And it's, it's, it's meant to help people and mentor young, especially men who have had uh, adversities in their lives. And I met a guy, his name is uh, Aaron Chambers, and you probably all, some of you might know him. Uh, he's written several books, and I've written none. So he taught me how to write a book, and together we co-authored this book. Uh, and hopefully next year we're going to be, it'll be out in somewhere around March, hopefully, and uh, next year we'll be able to travel around helping a bunch of people uh, with their adversities. Um, I also wanted to get my real estate license, and so my wife and I are super competitive, and uh, we decided to get our real estate license. And one month from the day we said, let's get this, uh, we were taking our test and, uh, and passing them at the same time. And I actually beat her by one point. <laughs> and if she wants to dispute that, she has to get her own show. <laughs> um, and the, finally, I wanted to take my family on another annual trip. So we did that. We went to Mexico, and we had a blast. And uh, I ate, I, what did we eat? We ate uh, lobster instead of turkey on Thanksgiving that year. Um, and that was super fun. But, you know, I lived another year, so we went to Hawaii the year after that. Um, so 
it was to, it, during this whole thing, it was really important to me to say goodbye to people. So I went on a farewell tour, um, is what I called it. <laughs> say goodbye. Um, and it was super sad. I, you know, when I saw my, I saw my brother, my mother, my grandmother, my long lost friends. And every time I did, I would give them a hug goodbye. And it was, it was so sad. It was like the last time I was going to see him. And my brother and I would cry like babies. And I'd be like, dude, if I'm alive, I'll be back. And, um, and at one point, I hugged my mom and said goodbye to her. She lives in Florida. I actually went on this farewell tour. It, for, I mean, I went from Alaska to Florida, eight different states inside of 18 months or so. Um, and some of those I doubled up because, like I said, I wanted, you know, it was important to see a few people. Um, when I hugged my mom goodbye the last time I saw her, the first time I saw her at that point, um, she leaned in and, you know, I said, it's super sad that I'm probably not going to see you again. And she said, honey, we're all dying and we never know if we're going to see each other. And that was profound to me. That was something that stuck with me because she's right. You know, moments really just started to matter at that point. Uh, spending every little bit of time I could with my people, um, making myself important and making them important to be with. Um, I also, my friend, uh, Sean Fitzgerald, called me up shortly after I had died, and uh, he, he, says, he says, hey, man, life's too short. I'm going to move up there. Now, we've always had a certain amount of distance between us because we really don't like jail, and jail is <laughs> certain. However, we're a little bit older now, and our wives have whipped us into shape, and so uh, we he actually did move up here, and he's spending the last few years of my life with me. That was the intention. Um, and we bought a boat together, and we went out fishing all kinds, and we've probably been over 100 times since we've gotten the little boat. Um, but more importantly, we got to go traveling a little bit with that, too. We actually went to Alaska uh, a year ago. Uh, no, sorry, last last July. We went to Alaska, caught 500 fish in five days, um, all salmon. And then we also went to Washington, where Sean didn't catch a damn thing, <laughs> wherever he's at. Um, and then we went to Florida, where we all got great big old sunburns on the first day, and we were out of it for the rest of the time. But we, we hunkered, stayed in there and hunkered down and still caught some fish. Uh, and then I just went to uh, San Diego, where I caught a big old... I came out from puking down and below and caught a big old tuna and then went back down below. Um, and all these things just created moments with my best friend, and, and it's been real great. Um, the good thing is, is that it's not all doom and gloom because, um, you know, I have followed exactly what my doctor has said to do for the last three years. In fact, every single night I have prayed to God that I would just wake up in the morning for one more day. And after you do that for so much time, you tend to take for granted that you were once never had to do it at all. Um, and so when I would wake up, I would be super grateful. And I thank God at night and thank God in the morning. And I also think that God works through other people the most. Um, and I met this lady who heard my story, and she's kind of crazy. And right at, right at the five minutes after I met her, she's like, I know someone who can help you. 
Uh, and lo and behold, she did. And she, she introduced me to this doctor. His name is, uh, well, name's not important. He's a holistic healer, doctor type guy. Now, mind you, my doctor already pretty much had me set up. I mean, he was talking to me about uh, heart failure or uh, heart transplants. So I was literally a year away from a heart transplant when I saw him last. And then I went to this doctor and he says, oh, no, we're going to take away the inflammation. We're going to take the poison out of your blood and we're going to do all this stuff with supplements. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> Whatever, but I promised my wife I would do everything I could do in, within my power to stay alive. And so that's what I did. And, and I took his supplements, and, uh, and then he made me eat vegetables for two weeks straight. <laughs> Have any of you ever eaten vegetables, nothing else, for two weeks straight? It is God-awful. And I didn't even know how to cook with vegetables at that point. I simply just ate vegetables. I tried eating them raw for a while. That was disgusting. <laughs> I, so I started, you know, I started putting butter on them, things like that. It didn't, doesn't work. Turns out there's a whole underworld at uh, King Supers where you can get just veggie, plant-based food. Who would have known? Um, but after 10 days, I went, so I did the test before, and then 10 days later, I did another test with the doctor, and like I said, the 10 days before, the doctor, my cardiologist was like, yeah, we're five years, you know, we probably should try that uh, new heart, and, you know, hopefully, <laughs> you'll live. Uh, and so, uh, but right after that, after that 10 days, I went back to that doctor, and he was scratching his head, and he was literally quiet, and he couldn't, he, and I'm like, I'm giggling at this point. I'm like, what's up? Tell me, tell me, I want to know. I'm so ready to rub this in, you know? And, uh, and he tells me that I'm 60% better. 60% overall, but on some things, I was actually better off than a normal male my age. So that crap worked. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> and I've been eating that way ever since. It is the, weirdest thing ever and I eat like a, my wife calls it I eat like a girl and <laughs> I don't care I'm <laughs> I'm gonna live and my life is looking mighty good right now um, <laughs> thank you so the reason I'm up here I didn't come up here to tell you guys how much crap I bought and that I used all my 401k to buy a bunch of stuff I came up here to tell you to do as much as you can every single day because you never know if tomorrow is guaranteed. Today I still live like I'm dying. Are you? <laughs> <laughs>